Welcome to Help 100 Schools. As a professional in education dedicated to expanding enrollment, you're already a fundamental part of this movement. We are here together to amplify the positive ripple effect that comes from advancing education. We're committed to keeping listeners inspired with timely lessons, valuable stories, and insights from brilliant minds and dedicated hosts. Our mission is a collective effort. Together, let's make a difference in spirit and in action to help 100 schools grow. Welcome back, everybody, to the Help 100 Schools podcast with myself, Carl Bone, and Rick Suddy. We have a very interesting episode for you today on a popular topic you might have heard about, uh, AI and education. And uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, let me first introduce Rich Suddy, who has spent a Impressive career in education, both faith-based and non-faith-based, as a head of school and uh, from a number of other positions within, uh, as well now he still is uh, is having fun teaching after a, uh, a partial retirement as a head of school, and uh, former a Top Gun Navy instructor. Am I right, Rich? Well, I flew in the Navy. There were other guys that got the, the privilege, other folks that got the privilege to teach at Top Gun, but I did fly. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, I feel like that's, uh, that's, that's close enough for a civilian, um, myself. Um, so, uh, this, this is exciting. And um, if you don't know me, I am the founder of Help 100 Schools and uh, Everest Private School Growth Group. I have spent most of my career in marketing strategy and I've more than 10 years of that has been dedicated to private schools specifically. And uh, it is my exclusive focus and I'm very happy to ha- help present this topic today. Rich is our uh, in-house guru and I will say that Rich came to me very early on. It felt like before AI craze had sort of taken shape and said, we got to pay so much attention to this and you were just pioneering uh what you could do, what could be done inside of schools, what we needed to do and thinking about marketing for schools using AI. So I'm right. really excited to, be able to bring this to the people with you. And you've put together a great outline. So I wanted to just give a brief intro and let you get it started. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, I so appreciate it. I love what we're doing here um, because our purpose, our goal is simply to help these schools thrive and prosper. And it is... Uh, seriously revolutionary, what we'll talk about today. This is not an evolutionary thing. Uh, schools that, that get on this are going to be able to improve productivity and enhance outcomes, and, and we're outcomes focused. So we're actually going to be able to just simply do better. Uh, as you know, I've had, uh, I've either been a, a president of a board uh, or a head of school, three different, four different schools across America, and I'm including small independent schools, uh, K-8 schools, uh, 225 students total, uh, all the way to a preschool through uh, 12th grade uh, with about 14 to 1,500 students in Los Angeles. And um, if we had these tools back then, I can't tell you 
how, how, again, revolutionary I think we would operate. But for those small schools listening, really pay attention. I think we've got a lot for you. Uh, you can virtually grow the resources of your school overnight if you understand just a few of these tools and techniques that we're going to introduce today. Sound good, Carl? Sounds great. Let's do it. Let's give it a shot. Let's see how much trouble we get into, as I usually say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we're going to do today, folks, is we're just going to share and introduce a few things uh, to you if you already don't know. And don't be uh, dismayed if you don't know. I've done uh, a um, unscientific survey just about everywhere I go of educators. And I'm right now coaching and mentoring four different schools uh, in this area and others. And, and they don't know. Uh, they've heard of it. Uh, they've tried it maybe once or twice. Uh, it didn't really perform for them in any way that they thought was awesome or unbelievable. And so they've kind of shelved AI for now. And in a lot of people say, well, I'll get back to it. Uh, but, but this is something, and it's just came out, Carl, in November uh, for the public. I mean, AI has been in the background for coders, writers of code, machine learning, AI. Uh, you know, we've probably heard some of these terms you know, thrown around in the computer science area and, and, you know, complex algorithms and all these fun things. Now it's a conversational tool. You don't need to code. You don't need anything other than an ability to converse with it, either typing or talking to it. And that's how easy it is. And we'll demonstrate a little bit of that today. So why should you care, right? is the first part we're going to go into. Then we're going to share with you a little bit about what it is and how does it work. And I mean a very little bit, but enough that you should be able to walk away and go, okay, it's not magic. There is, there is a way that it works. And the way that it works actually helps you understand how to use it better. So the perfect prompt, and a prompt is the technical term for how to ask it for help. And then uh, we'll give you a short list of tools uh, that, that I know I'm using daily, hourly, seriously. And then, uh, and then we'll touch the elephant in the room. For you or educators, and I don't care, administrators or teachers listening to this, or even a parent listening to this, um, there's the fear that there's plagiarism in the classroom. Students, how do I manage that? And we have some thoughts about that. So that's where we're headed. And I just want to do uh, just an introductory, uh, you know, list for you. And you can write this down. Uh, Carl will probably will be providing notes uh, for this presentation should you want them. But here are some ways. I'll be ways. happy to include that in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Show notes is perfect. So, so if you just uh, listen a little bit to some of the amazing ways AI can be used today in the classroom. And in a few places, it is. It is being used in each of these ways. Now, you're going to hear administrative, you're going to hear management, you're going to hear leadership, you're going to hear teaching and learning out of these. But, but I'll start with personalized learning. It actually can be used in the classroom. There are easy tools to integrate in the classroom to help you further personalized learning, something that we all care about, particularly as uh, students indicate either accelerated learning or the need for additional help. AI can help you do that. Uh, so one of the things accreditation requires 
is that your institution be data-driven, that decisions are, are driven by data. AI amazingly collates and can organize and present data, automate that, and you're off and running. Uh, it can increase efficiency through automation of basic administrative tasks. There are so many things I had to do with a small staff and it ran our entire day and it eliminated time to get ahead of the curve, as I used to say, get ahead of the school. Uh, so we're all always kind of behind the school because we're, we're in that saturated environment day to day. AI can help you with that. Certainly marketing and communications. That's probably one of the easiest uses of it and the most straightforward uses of it, but it can help you with a, a stream of content that can be programmed through the academic year and it, and it can uh, help you manage all those communications that you should be doing if you're not doing them. Uh, its course is, it is itself, Carl. It's a future ready skill. And I can't tell you, uh, since I adopted it for my daily routines back in January, uh, I've, I can't tell you how much I've learned just using the tool and being exposed uh, to the technology and the processes. So it's something our students should learn. It's something we should be equipped with. It certainly has improved my ability to innovate and engage. And innovation, I mean, there's AI tools, Carl, that that I, I hesitate to say it, but at, a, at one level, puts graphic arts businesses out, out of business at one level. Now, there's another level where it's not going to do that, but at a, at a certain level, uh, you can create uh, an amazing artistic logos and content and images that are all original, as well as, of course, text-based content that is original not copy and pasted from the internet, original content, uh, very creative. Right. So it's so interesting to see from a marketing perspective, what the machine learning comes up with for creative brainstorming ideas. That's, mm -hmm. that's been one of my favorite use cases for it on the marketing side is if you have anything like writer's block, boy, you can use that and generate ideas at a scale that is difficult to do for, you know, even a small team, but uh, it certainly helps whether you're a small team or an army of one. And, and honestly, that's, that's the first most amazing uh, reason I, I, or benefit that I got from it when I first started testing it was I want to create uh, a small pamphlet. I want to create policy I want to update a student handbook. I want to, and, and the paper is, and that's editing is fine, but when the paper is white, Carl, you just task it the simplest, and we'll do this on the perfect prompt, which we're coming to in a bit. Uh, you just task it the easiest, and it gives you, it, it fills up the page, and you're off and running, and you're off and running, and then you can go any direction you want, but there's no hesitation, there's no writer's block, it just moves. I, I agree with you that that was the first amazing benefit for my work. Uh, it, it is we've already talked about how it can uh, can personalize learning, but it can even then once you've done that, you can adapt your educational curriculum. And in the curriculum area, 
there are companies and you probably you out there have probably been solicited uh, by these companies. But I have to tell you, some of them are worth really looking at if you haven't, uh, who have created a series of prompts and products that will write curriculum from scratch or, uh, or, or enhance your curriculum in, in a matter of minutes. Uh, and, and bring it up to, you know, we, we worry about currency in curriculum, we worry about relevancy in curriculum, we worry about engagement in curriculum, and we actually worry about assessment. AI will write an entire assessment. I've had it do it. I've had it, I've given it content, Carl, uh, curriculum content, and I said, now write me a 50 question multiple choice examination based on that content. And I don't know, eight seconds later, if I've given it a better prompt than that, I will talk about the prompt, but I give it a good prompt and I get an amazing response that is all original uh, and, and stuff like that. So it's, it can do that for you. Uh, so it's students, creating, in that example, you're creating a framework to yes. assess the students. Yes. Yes. And I give it some specifics. I give it some specifics. And the other thing is, is because it's so fast, if you don't like the first answer, do it again. And people, people don't think that way. Right. I didn't think that way at first. I like accepted the first answer and says, well, I don't like it. I'll throw it away. Wait, don't throw it away. Tell AI you're not happy. That's one of the weirdest parts of this. You actually can write in there. I am not happy with that response. You did not do good enough. Uh, and so I need you to revisit that. And here are some additional prompts that I hope will guide you into a better response. That's how you use it. And, and again, 12 seconds later, you, you have the content and you edit and you review it. And if you don't like it, do it again. <laughs> it's another 12 seconds. So that's a fairly good description of machine learning, by the way. Yes, yes, it is. Right. And it craves feedback. People don't know that and you do, and you've looked into it, but people don't know it's craving feedback. It actually doesn't work without it. It, it gets it from somewhere. And why don't you be the source? Um, and then there's this last thing that I've got down as a list of benefits for you all to consider, uh, but certainly the ethical and responsible use. And isn't that true, Carl, for everything we've ever, I mean, I, I don't know if you are old enough to remember uh, when we introduced calculators to the classroom and most schools banned the use of calculators for a long period of time, a few schools, uh, figured out a way to use calculators with responsible use, still teach mathematics, core mathematics, fundamental mathematics, but then also use calculators. Uh, my dad, I'm just going to go back. I have to do it. I'm sorry. Uh, my dad, it was slide rules. And I know most of you on, on listening to this don't know what a slide rule is, but, uh, but my dad built rockets that went to the moon uh, for the company he worked at um, with a slide rule. So, uh, but, but it was like a cheat uh, when they first came out. You're supposed to do that in your head. Well, here we are with AI, and it's, a, and it's kind of an example of that. I was a TI-82 student, by the way, <laughs> to, date, to date myself. That's that's what Radio Shack in the market. That's Radio Shack right <laughs> yeah, there. I remember Radio Shack. Yeah, that's right. Yep. 
So, so it matters that you hear just a, a, a 30 seconds on what AI is, because then you're going to understand how to use it a little bit better. And AI is basically a, a broad field of sciences in, uh, in that actually uses a combination of, uh, like you said, machine learning uh, and big data. Uh, and big data is a science unto itself now. Uh, and it processes that large amount of data. It recognizes patterns. And because it can do that at levels that we can't fathom, uh, both volume, quantity, speed, big data has characteristics. Uh, speed, quantity, volume, complexity are characteristics of big data that our brains just can't do. And even uh, some computer systems can't do. But when it's built all together, it then recognizes patterns that otherwise wouldn't be recognized. And it can even get to a point of confidence in prediction uh, and decision making uh, based on all that data. Uh, but it, it needs a source of data, okay, and it needs uh, a, an algorithm or a set of rules to enter into the data with, and then it needs, it does need this, and this is speaking to everyone here on, on the podcast, it needs uh, to be told a little bit of guidance, how best to engage, what are we looking for? general information, general guidance versus specific uh, is not as effective. It's a starting point, but it's not as effective. So AI does have a process. It collects data, it processes that data, it runs it through models and algorithms. It actually learns by repetitive training on that. It creates inferences where it asks for feedback from you, the user, um, am I on the right track? says AI, and you have to tell it it's not if it isn't. And, and so it's a process. And if you understand what it's trying to do and where it's coming from, I think it helps a lot with helping you use it to the best of your, to the best advantage for what you want it to do for you and it can do for you. So, um, and that brings us, Carl, to the perfect prompt. Ready for this? Perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect, you say. The perfect prompt. So there, there right is on no, time. You were prompt. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> perfectly done. Uh, there is no perfect prompt, but there is a better prompt than a non uh, better prompt. And of course, prompt I introduced very briefly at the beginning is the technical term for the ask. It's what you want it to do. And, uh, and around the world now, uh, the term prompt is, is what's accepted. And so there is a way to do this. And, and, it's, and some of it's not intuitive because you simply, the intuitive is just simply AI, uh, write me a summary uh, of the tale of two cities by Charles Dickens. Okay, that, that would be uh, the normal prompt that a student certainly would love to do, uh, but even a teacher who's preparing notes, lecture notes, or something like that, it's a simple prompt. You're not gonna get the answer you want from that. You're not, it's not bad. It, I mean, it's gonna give you something, but here's uh, what, what everyone generally, that has been using AI and adopted AI since the earliest days that it's been publicly available in a chat 
conversational uh, role, software application, the first thing you should give it is you should tell it who it is because that matters. Context matters. Role matters. Who it is and why you want to know is going to dramatically improve your answer for your purpose, for your purpose. So you give AI a role and you tell it exactly, I am a teacher teaching in high school, ninth to 12th grade. I am responsible for teaching an American or an English literature course, English literature course, and I would like to produce five PowerPoint slides uh, for uh, summarizing Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. So you, you tell AI to assume your role. So you say, AI, I want you to assume that role and I want you to answer the, the prompt. Uh, so you've given it context, you've given it its role. Now, the other thing I've learned and other people I've seen have understood this is don't ask it for the, uh, the textual response, text-based uh, narrative or summary response first. At, run with it a little bit, work with it, ask it for the outline first. Now, would you please outline the answer, uh, your summary of A Tale of Two Cities for me in a, in a, in a normal outline? And then AI is going to spit out in about 2.5 seconds a comprehensive outline of A Tale of Two Cities. And you're going to be able to skim that and go, you know what, when that outline's filled out, and the outline for this can be five slides. It's not, a, it's not an outline Roman numeral one through 99. It should provide you a five slide outline. And when that outline's done, you can then edit it or, or give feedback. Remember the importance of feedback we said to machine learning, AI, and all that kind of thing. Now you can give it feedback uh, to better provide the, the answer you're looking for. No AI, that's not the outline I was looking for. In fact, I know that slide four should be a different, to different outline. Just tell it, just tell it. And then tell it what you want slide four to be uh, if you wanna do that or run with it. But basically you're having an ongoing conversation from the general to the specific. And that way you guide AI with that critical feedback loop to get to where you want it to, to go with a really cool answer to help you to help you in your work. Furthermore, tell AI what format. Now I said PowerPoint, but AI can code, as we know, can write PowerPoint presentations, can actually uh, work in Excel, can it work in in uh, in database? It can do all those things. You just need to tell it. And a lot of times, Carl, people forget to tell it. What format do you want it in? So I've, I've used tables a ton, and AI just produces some amazing tables. Column one, column two, column three, column four. Here's how I want you to pre present your information. And AI produces it. And of course, we also know uh, that it can produce images from text. Uh, I want you to create a photographic 
image of a cheeseburger on a blue plate sitting on a marble countertop uh, with a fireplace in the background. So from that, I love tab, it, Rich. Yep. Sorry, sorry. I just uh, I have a feeling that. Uh, with some of the specifics that you're getting into in terms of format, that yep. it would be really interesting to hear what some of the specific resources you have in mind are. Yeah, let's do that. Um, because with the prompts that, that you can do, you're going to get the, the progressive answer that's going to be richer and richer with better and better content. And so what we find uh, with a what I've been using with AI, and I, I don't know, you can add what you've tried because I know there's there's actually over twelve thousand AI tools right now available to the public, uh, if not more, because uh, they're growing every day. But obviously, the one that we've heard from uh, or or was introduced first was ChatGPT, and ChatGPT three version three uh, came out. It's free; anyone can use it. You can, uh, it's a simple uh, tool for your phone or uh, for your, your laptop or desktop computer. Uh, ChatGPT4 costs a little bit of money and it's just more current. That's the only difference between the two is currency of data. Uh, the tools I've used, Carl, uh, are Perplexity. Perplexity is an excellent research tool. It automatically provides the sources from which it finds data. It also prompts questions for you to ask right away. It, it adds questions to the prompt, to the answer and says, hey, if you wanna know more, here are three questions you might wanna ask me and I'll tell you. Uh, Poe is uh, an excellent iOS and Android uh, software uh, app that actually has five different AI tools embedded that you can choose from. Genius is another tool I use uh, that's an app. <laughs> and Jesus, Genius is another excellent research or data tool. Uh, Claude, Merlin uh, are both uh, tools I've I have and I use daily. And those are excellent free apps. Uh, DALI2 uh, is the image tool I use, and there's about five great image tools to create original images. So those are some of the free tools I use. Anything that comes to mind that you've tried? Thanks for asking, Rich. That's a good list. Uh, yeah, for the images, I've been using MidJourney a little bit. Uh, if you are techy enough to navigate Discord, it's on a Discord server, but it's also Actually, it's we're paying ten dollars a month, so it's it's practically free. But the images that it comes up with are really impressive. I mean, the the detailed illustrations, they're they're high definition, they're incredible. And then we use Bar occasionally. Uh, it's yes. the Google tool, and yes. that's nice because it's connected to the internet. Whereas, as you know, ChatGPT is still feeding off of a snapshot from 2021, I believe, or 2022 now, I think, I guess it's 2022. Right. That's, uh, you know, whereas Bard, you can literally ask it to summarize the news that happened yesterday. So right. it, that's an interesting, an interesting use case for me. Yeah. No, those are awesome. So, uh, so up until this point, we've discussed why you might or should be interested in chat GPT and it can really be that multiplier 
at your school for productivity and effectiveness across the school at very low or no cost. That should interest you right away. We've talked about a little bit how it works. We've talked about uh, the perfect prompt. Uh, to begin the perfect prompt. I know the last one, Carl, that if you're a teacher, even an administrator, and perhaps a parent on the call, the last one I just want to touch on is what about plagiarism for students? And that's and that's the, num- that's the number one fear, right? And, it, and it's, a, it's a good fear because, as I mentioned, uh, there's been studies that have shown that teachers and even some software programs like Turnitin have not recognized the use of a good prompt by a student. A poor prompt by a student is instantly recognized by anyone that sees normal chat GPT or chat-based algorithms uh, produce them. There are some key things that are giveaways, but a really good prompt and a little bit of editing, it's virtually impossible. Uh, So so what should you maybe think about in this? Well, I would uh, temper uh, your your fears with your responsibilities to think about teaching the technology and the responsible use of that technology. So that's a tension that we recognize in education. And and the last fun one for you, Carl, as we conclude today is I would uh, I I've done this and you should try it. All of you on the call, just try using a good Chat GPT prompt in AI to write your policy. Uh, in your policy document for students. And ChatGPT's outcome is pretty fascinating if you tell it uh, to write a responsible use policy for how students can understand, learn, and yet responsibly use ChatGPT in the classroom. So that's a fun one. So a fun exercise for people as a takeaway. Absolutely. Well, we could do a whole episode on AI policy development, couldn't we? We, we pretty much could. And, <laughs> That's the easiest uh, one, frankly, I've done. I've written uh, board policy manuals in a, in less from scratch in less than an hour, a comprehensive policy manual in less than an hour that absolutely stands up to the ones that I've taken months to, to complete. And I know if you say that it's comprehensive, it was truly comprehensive. You no, know, it, it, it was uh, 110 pages. Wow. So, amazing. Uh, so no, it is kind of amazing. So uh, the prompts matter. That's the last thing. Please, folks, uh, work through your prompts. Uh, it changes the, uh, the outcome, the quality of the outcome. I hope this has helped everybody. Uh, and you're right. We have more we can, we can share down the range. Absolutely. Well, thank you for this, Rich. This was great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll look forward to um, seeing you next time. And uh, if you aren't already there, go to help100schools.com. You can check out the show notes, and uh, we'll make sure that we upload Rich's slides for you, and uh, we can help grow together. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. We are grateful for your support of the Help 100 Schools movement. Thank you for listening and for showing up. Now, please help us multiply the impact by reviewing, sharing, commenting, and staying engaged with us and our mission to help 100 schools grow. The future of education is in your hands. To learn more about today's topics, 
how to be more involved, and how to access our free resources designed to aid in your own mission, go to help100schools.com.